Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Amos chapter 9. Um, I'm under orders, uh, not from my wife, but from the Holy Ghost. Amen. And uh, that is to prepare you for what is to come. A lot of prophets of doom out there. I thought we got rid of the prophet of doom, but there are still a lot of prophets of doom. A lot of naysayers, a lot of people that predict uh, terrible times that are ahead. And if you study history, there's always been tough times and terrible times. As a matter of fact, when Jesus started his move, which is the church, it was in the midst of one of the most oppressive regimes that this world has ever seen, the Roman Empire. And nothing could stop the cause of Jesus Christ. Nothing could stop God's kingdom from coming in power and might in Jesus' name. So I don't care what things seem like in the natural. I believe what God says, as truly as I am the living God, all the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Oh, come on, I feel like preach, I wanna teach. We are gonna see the greatest revival, the greatest move of God that this world has ever seen before, the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that means that you are in God's focus that God has His eye on you. Think about it. There may be seven and a half billion people, but you're not an accident. You've been predestined by God to be alive at this hour. And I always tell people, I echo the words of Mark Twain. He says two the most important days. I say three most important days. The day you were born, the day you discover why you were born when you met Jesus Christ, and the day you die because then it's all over. Then there's no talk. Whether you're a president or a pauper, we die the same. We breathe out our last breath. So you want to be ready on that day. And you want to live your life as if Jesus can come back any moment. I'll tell you something, church, here in South Africa especially, the times for playing church is long over. We need a radical church. We need a church that is alive, a church on fire, a church unapologetic, a church unashamed. Come on, is there somebody radical here this morning? Give the Lord a praise. Come on, let's lift this temperature. So Amos chapter 9, to remind you, verse 13, the Bible says, Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast. And I want to say good things, because the bad days are over. Say the bad days are over, say it. You have to speak to your future. He says, things are going to happen so fast that your head is going to swim. And I I, I might get into the place of when we pray, how God is going to diffuse the plans of Satan and how people are going to turn against themselves and they are going to self-destruct from within and they are going to implode from within because when it seems that things are out of control that's exactly when God takes control and God steps in so you better get ready for a miracle in South Africa 
over the next two years. Say amen in Jesus' name. So he says, your head will swim one thing fast on the heels of another. I hope you've laminated this against a wall somewhere in your house. Everything will be happening at once. You're not going to get one job offer. You're going to get three. Well, you're not going to get three wives, okay? You're just going to keep the one you have. And everywhere you look, blessing. Listen, the media will have to begin to report of the good things that is happening in South Africa because there's a lot of good things happening at the same time. Blessing like wine pouring over the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again, God says, for my people. So supernatural acceleration is God's ability and God's power released into your life to bring about His plans and purposes at a much faster rate than is humanly possible. Supernatural means God's supernatural intervention into our natural world. That means God reaching out from the heavens into our world where there is no time and where the laws that control the natural do not apply. I want to say this uh, starting this morning. You are not going to see supernatural acceleration without God's power in your life. You're not going to see supernatural acceleration by just being smart and sharp. You have to realize this is something that God is going to do and something God wants to do in your life for His glory. And in South Africa, Bible says, can a nation be born in one day? You better believe it. In one election, there can be a new South Africa. Things can be better. Come on, poverty can actually be eradicated by 2030 in Jesus' name. So you have to anticipate it. You have to believe it. You have to expect it. You have to pray for it. You have to declare it. And then you have to work with God's acceleration in your life. 1 Kings chapter 18, in verse 41, um, just recapping quickly, Elijah prays heaven down. And Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. The question this morning is, what are you hearing? Who are you listening to? Because what you hear determines the level of expectation. So if you... If you, if you listen to the negative economist, you don't have a lot of expectation. Well, now this is God talking to Elijah after three and a half year drought. I mean, it is so bad that there's no food. God says to Elijah, before there's even a drop of rain, He says, go till Ahab, it's going to rain. And He says, go till Ahab, 2023 is going to be a year of supernatural acceleration. You're going to get ready for it in Jesus' name. You better get ready for the reign of God, the favour of God, the goodness of God. You better get ready for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, there's not going to be a drop here and a drop there. There's not going to be a trickle of blessing. There's going to be blessing everywhere. There's going to be a deluge from heaven. There's going to be a gush from heaven. There's going to be a from heaven in Jesus' name. Oh, come on. Things that took many years will be accomplished in months. God will make your enemies bow before you. God will give you favour with those who despised you. 
God will turn many no's into a yes. Are you ready for it? So it says, there is the sound of the abundance of rain. So Ab went to eat and drink, like some people do. They hear the promise, but they don't work with the Word of God. But not Elijah. He goes up to Mount Carmel. He bows down on the ground, shuts out all negative circumstances, puts his face between his knees, said to his servant, go now and look. Is the unemployment statistics coming down? Is the crime statistic coming down? Are the gender-based violence statistics coming down? Come on, we don't live with our head in the sand. We pray for things to change. We pray for things to get better in Jesus' Name. Do our young people have an education? Are the poor people being fed? Do people have a title deed of the property the government promised them? Well, I'm going to pray until I see it. I'm going to pray it and I'm going to say it. I don't care whether people don't like it. I'm going to pray it and I'm going to say it. This poverty is an ill. This poverty is antichrist. This poverty is not the plan of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news to poor people. We have to break the back of poverty over South Africa. This drought called poverty has to be broken over our country. Can I have an amen from somebody? So we need clouds of investment, clouds of blessing, clouds of increase. Because the more God blesses your business, the more people you can employ. So it's not selfish. It's selfish to settle. You need to have a vision to expand so you can give more people jobs. Help more families, put more food in people's mouths. Amen. And um, I don't understand this thing about land uh, redistribution. I'm for it, but I don't understand why the government just gets on with it and give the municipality land that is vacant to the people who are working in the urban areas. Can I have an amen from somebody? And if you're a politician, stop messing around, please. Give what you promise. You have the power. You don't have to take anything from anybody. Give what you have. Thank you for the three amens. I don't care because, you know, at my age, I'm not here to be popular. All your goosebumps have done nothing. I don't want to see a poor person standing at a robot begging two years from now. Okay, let me stay on track here. Oh, come on, give Him a praise because it feels good to praise Him. Hallelujah. So He says, go again seven times. And it came to pass the seventh time that He said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. There's new investment. Policies are changing. People are getting jobs. Young people are getting educated. You say, Pastor, why do you say this? Because your blessing is wrapped up in the nation that you live in. So for God to fulfill His plan in your life, the whole nation has to experience blessing, not just you. Because what you have today can be gone tomorrow without those people who have nothing this morning. So we must stop just talking about ourselves. 
And think about why God wants to bless us. What is the purpose of power, of influence, of wealth, of riches? What is the purpose? Or we become like every other money grabber, greed, hungry leader that says one thing, but clearly cares nothing about the people suffering. And I tell you what, listen to me prophetically, those days are coming to an end. I said those days are coming to an end because when I talk about the reign of the Holy Ghost, I'm not just talking about you having a good time in church on a Sunday. I'm talking about a move that will reform society, that will reform education, that will reform poverty, that will reform gender-based violence. Come on, say amen at least in Jesus' name. So he says there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and that was clouds of blessing. Not like the one prophet many years ago prophesied at the conference. I was there and uh, sounds like some people they just are not uh, that brazen today. He said, I mean, the guys, the guys stood up and some of you that have been around for a long time will get this uh, because in those years we prophesied in King Elizabethan English. I don't know why. Yea, yea, thus saith the Lord thy God. Anybody remember those days? Come on, don't look so. Yeah, I see dark clouds approaching the country that even I, the Lord, am afraid. How many of you know that's not true? God's not afraid of anything. As a matter of fact, God's going to outsmart the enemy every single time in your life, in your family, in our nation, in our world. These world rulers are going to be brought to shame. These plotters and schemers of evil will be brought to shame. Their plans will not succeed. I declare it in Jesus' name. Because God is on the move. God says, in the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. He has two examples of supernatural acceleration. Number one, there's a three and a half year uh, a drought. God says to Elijah, it's going to rain. And while he prays, the clouds are forming. I want to tell you, while you pray, God is going to shift things in the atmosphere. While you pray, God's going to shift things in the heavenlies. That's why God gives you prayer as your base of power to change things in your life. So while Elijah prays, there is a cloud but I mean, things accelerated so quickly that by the time the message got to the king, there wasn't just a little cloud. The heavens were filled with blessing that was about to fall on the earth. Amen. And then the Bible says the second miracle of acceleration is the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. Now, I don't know what he looked like, but I, don't, I think he didn't look like some of you uh, uh, athletic and, 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 and rugby player. Uh, Usain Bolt, that wasn't him. He was dressed in a cloak and sandals. And think about this. I mean, it must be one of the funniest pictures in the Bible, if you can actually picture that. Yes, Elijah, the prophet, he prayed. The hand of God comes upon him and suddenly he becomes the fastest runner that this world has ever seen. He runs past the king's chariot through the anointing. He runs past the best that the world has to offer. He runs from the pit to the palace. He runs from a place of slavery to a place of influence. When the hand of God came upon him, I'll tell you, my brother, when God's hands come upon you, there is nothing that is going to stop what God can do in your life because the Bible says, it will not be by might nor by power but by the Spirit of the Lord. So 20 miles from 
Mount Carmel to Jezreel. And I want you to picture it. It's like Asterix and Obelix, which most of you don't know what that is in any case, when they drank the magic potion. And he outruns the king's chariot. Now we know the chariot of the king was the best. Listen, God is going to accelerate people and God's going to turn a shepherd boy into a king. God's going to take a maiden and He's going to make her an Esther. God is going to take a, 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 a Daniel and God's going to give him a favour. Come on. God's going to give a Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego that are exiled, that are captives, that are slaves in Babylon. God's going to give them favour and God's going to give them influence in the name of Jesus. He's going to accelerate things at your life. It's going to happen so fast that you're not going to be able to give up. And everybody around you is going to stand in my head and say, what the heck? Oh, come on, get ready for it. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. That's what God said to Ahab. He said, go tell Ahab it's going to rain. What was He saying to him? He said, you better prepare yourself. Prepare your mind. Prepare your attitude. Prepare your speech. Prepare your prayer. Prepare your room. Prepare your declaration. Stop saying everything that everybody else is saying and begin to say what God says, it's gonna rain. I smell the rain. I see clouds of blessing. I hear thunder and lightning. I see the glory of God. I see the hand of God coming upon my life. I see what He's dead, coming alive, what He's barren, bearing fruit. Come on, in the name of Jesus Christ, because there is nothing that God cannot do. I tell you, people wrote you off, but God says, I've known it. I've even started with you. People say, you will not amount to anything. God says, I'm going to make you the head. I'm going to take you from the bottom and I'm going to take you to the top. In the name of Jesus Christ, I feel the presence of God in this place. Somebody you know I'm talking to you this morning. Give the Lord a praise. God is on the move. God is on the move. God's going to give you favour as a farmer. God's going to give you favour as a businessman. God's going to give you favour with decision makers to start that school, to start that university. God's going to give you favour. I declare it, the hand of God is upon your life for good and not for evil. I declare it, the hand of God, Johannesburg, is coming upon you and there will be supernatural acceleration. And there's no devil, no demon, no curse, no spell, no witch doctor, no ancestral curse that can stop what God has planned for your life. There will be blessing, 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 abundance, fruit, increase everywhere in Jesus' name. Now give Him a 10 second praise. Now listen, remember Elijah was also in the drought and God sustained him by a raven and a widow. So he, he was a little bit underfed. Almost I said, from where? But he ran for his life. Not because he was afraid, but because that was God's hand. I tell you, when, when, when the hand of God comes upon you, you're not going to toss and turn because of worry. You're not even going to toss and turn. You're going to be wide awake. Some of you that need eight hours sleep, you're going to have four hours and you're going to be so rested and so ready and God's going to talk to you. There's going to be turmoil. There's not a, a, not a demonic 
turmoil, a stirring. I feel a stirring of the Lord. Come on, like in the pool of Bethesda. I feel God stirring things in the hearts of people in the name of Jesus Christ. I feel God talking to your spirit this morning. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Some of you have laid your plans down. You've laid your dreams down. You have given up on things in your life because of this COVID pandemic, because of disaster, because of tragedy. But I'm telling you, God has not changed His mind about you and about your future. God has not changed His mind about South Africa. That's why I will always declare peace and prosperity over this beautiful country of ours in Jesus' name. Say amen. Come on. So 2023 is going to be a year of the supernatural. Listen, we had the fake happen. And I don't want to say where. They left the country. (laughs) Because when God is about to do something, Satan knows it. So he always sends his false prophets first. Like um, Moses, when he came to Pharaoh, the magicians were there. And there are those that are advising, that have positioned themselves. I want to say too much. In key positions to bring this country back into slavery spiritually. Hear me very carefully. And the intercessors have to hear what I have to say this morning. You have to pray and break that spirit that operates in certain places. One of the reasons I fought this COVID and the lockdown of the church is because I understood that other people were not being locked down. And there was a resurgence of many things and a repositioning away from Christianity to other gods. Let me put it mildly. And if I can say to every one of you from South Africa, if you want to read a good book, read Albert Latuli's life story, Oliver Tambo, Walter Sisulu, because I'm going to quote from that a lot in the next two years. The people that were the architects of this South Africa and how we have deviated from the dream that... Albert Latuli had, and may I remind you that that liberation movement was birthed in a church, not in a hut somewhere with bones being cast. It was a faith prayer struggle that turned bad and is very bad now and will not stay if people do not return to the roots. So I will quote no white person. I will quote like the Americans cleverly do. You have a smart pastor. I will quote the founding fathers of the liberation movement. Non-sexist, non-racist, equality. Every child having equal opportunity in South Africa. Come on, say amen if you believe it in Jesus' name. Now why I say this is because these people were people of prayer. They saw change long before it happened. And Albert Latuli will say, I was up in prayer all night. 
God spoke to me. What leader can say today, I've been up in prayer all night, Solomon, and God spoke to me. Well, I don't expect these people to pray now, but the church has to become a praying church like never if we are going to see the change that God has promised us in South Africa. And those whose voices God magnify will say what has to be said without, without attacking anybody. But if there's not certain changes, then we all know your blessing in isolation will not last and you have to get it. Because pastors do not preach an holistic gospel. No criticism against my colleagues. They preach to you. And, and, and no, Jesus taught us our Father. We, you are not gonna be blessed in South Africa while everybody else is suffering. You may survive another three, four, five years, but that's about it. You have to get a world much bigger than me, myself, and I. My name is Jimmy Kimmy, and you have to see what God sees. That the blessing that comes should be a blessing that is far beyond the Bosov bloodline, the Visa bloodline, the Mukwena bloodline. Because my question to young people always who are so casual in their worship of God now is your children. Do you think about your children? Do you think that far? Or do you still think as far as your nose? I'm not meaning to insult you, but meaning to provoke the hell out of you. Because you think about your moment, your pleasure now. It's all you think about. You don't think about the future. You don't think about your children that still has to be born. That's why the next two years are very critical for us as believers to engage in prayer like Elijah, not to feast. I'm shocked at after two and a half years of lockdown that some people haven't made their way back to church. Not meaning to offend everybody, of course, or anybody on television, because I'm not an offensive pastor. But um, after two and a half years, haven't made their way back to church. It's like, let's just have a party. Let's just, let's just do our own thing. Let's just, let's just live it up. Oh, I'm here this weekend, there that weekend, everywhere, every weekend. And they don't realize the urgency of the hour, that this is a battle that I've chosen you. You were born for this hour. We are here to change this world. We are here to reconstruct the future of our world. Come on, and it starts with prayer. I said it starts with praying. There is going to be no supernatural intervention in our world without the church putting prayer at the top of the agenda until we get politicians again that will be up before God all night and cry out to God for the people of South Africa. Not clever speeches. Nice sermons have changed nothing. Feel good. The church is not a club. The church was God's plan to change society. The church is God's basis of operation. The Bible says the Lord will roar from Zion. So we need to get serious about our Christianity if we want to see lasting change. We're not talking about supernatural acceleration. You've made a billion, now you make two billion. And, and 
You don't live a life of purpose. That's meaningless. We have enough greedy politicians like that already. We need people who understand why I'm alive. Why does God want to accelerate things? What is God saying? Yes, I have to understand my context, but then I have to understand the context of the world I find myself in. And I have to become part of the solution. Not just survive with my three children over there in a corner. That's easy. Especially if you come from a white privileged background or now a black privileged background with private education. Easy for you, but not easy for the rest. So we have to get real. We have to understand. And I, I take time here because sometimes, and I, I'm so tired of this prosperity preaching without purpose that I want to puke when I hear it. Because really, naked you came into this world, naked you're going to leave. It's what you leave behind for others. It's the mark you leave upon the earth. It's the hope that you gave other people while you were alive on planet earth. That's the only thing that matters. Not the brand of your watch or your car. And God doesn't matter that. Have nice things, but don't let the things have you. I'm amazed at how many Christians, they don't pray, they don't praise, and they don't give. I mean, Muslims are more committed. They give a tenth. They shut their shops on a Friday to pray. And I'm not anti them. As a matter of fact, in my meetings with the government, they were my closest allies. Because they say it as it is. Because they speak from a place of strength. A whole Muslim world that backs them. But you want to go do business with them. Their business is not open on a Sunday morning. Did I just stand on somebody's toe? I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm, I'm trying to say to you, um, they, they will, in the busiest time on a Friday, they'll close their shops between 12 and 2, and they will pray. And if you want to shop there, you stand outside. And if you don't have it, suck it up. And we, as Christians. Oh, come on! Come on, somebody just give God praise like you mean it this morning. Praise Him like He's worthy. I mean, some people were more committed to a life of sin than they are to a life of following Christ. What's up with that? I thought everything changes when Jesus comes. So when we talk about supernatural acceleration, we're talking about a spiritual revival, right? Firstly, we're talking about the power of God moving in our world. And it's going to happen through prayer. And I'm, I'll get there tonight, but we only quote verse 14 of uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. I will hear from and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. God's love is unconditional, but the, uh, uh, the release of God's blessing is totally conditional. From the Old to the New Testament, even the grace teaches those that overgo lopsided on grace. People say you can't. Yes, you can, unfortunately. Like, I just don't have to do anything. Well, then you should never have been on this earth because 
God placed you on this earth to do something. God calls you a co-worker, a co-laborer. You are responsible. You have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you allow will happen. What you disallow will be disallowed. So we've been taught as Christians just to be quiet. And we are the silent majority in South Africa. And evil and unrighteousness is increasing. How in the world is it possible that we abdicate our power so easily? It's never what God expected. He told us to occupy. He told us to dominate. He told us to prepare people for the return of Jesus Christ. Not to feast and play. But to serve God. To understand the hour. To take the prophetic word in the context of the hour. Are you listening? Some of you just want some prophet from some African country to call you out and prophesy over you and it's actually meaningless because God's plan is much bigger than just pacifying your ego. Oh, He has a plan with your life, but His plan is in the context of His purpose. That's why we pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We bring ourselves to a place of submission. Not my will, His will. Not my kingdom, His kingdom. That means all I have is His. I'm His servant. I'm His ambassador. I don't come to church and go to the Sangoma. I'll say it again. I don't come to church and go to the Sangoma. I'll say it again. I don't come to church and go to the witch doctor. I'll say In case the prayer doesn't work, I still, I still have another place to go. Well, you're going to have to decide. How long will you waver between two opinions? If God is God, follow Him. If not, then go worship your bowl. Go worship the gods of the land. But do not pollute your bloodline by playing both. I have nothing against people practicing their, their worship any way they want to. But as a Christian, you are forbidden to dabble with the works of darkness. You are forbidden to consult with the dead. The Bible forbids you. Oh, some of you are shocked now because you were at the Sangoma yesterday. Now I've stood on your toes, okay? You wear those ropes under your clothes and you think they're going to bring your blessing. Huh? Should we check? So where's your trust? play game with him and expect his blessing but you've got one foot in the church one foot in the world one foot in 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 in, uh, 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 vested in the supernatural powers of darkness and then at the same time you're expecting the supernatural power of God to be manifested in your life you've got to make up your mind because every time God brings his people into a new land he said you'll not worship those gods you'll not practice what they practice I am the Lord your God I delivered you I saved you I died for you. I washed you in my blood. You will not go backwards and forwards. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and you've been placed into the kingdom of light. You're a child of God. Come on. Oh, some of you are getting mad because the devil in you is getting mad. That demon in you is getting mad. That devil that's living in you is getting mad because somebody has the audacity to tell you you can't do both. 
You can't do black magic, white magic and Christian magic. You have to give your life to Jesus Christ. You have to put Jesus at the center of it all. You have to worship God at the center of it all. And may we have a government that will open parliament again in prayer as Albert Latuli envisaged. May we have leaders that humble themselves before the living God and pray for the people of South Africa, not a people who see what they can get out of the people of South Africa. Oh, come on, somebody. You ready for a revival? And that means things are going to be shaken up. Things are going to be stirred. Come on. Better than any martini you've had. Shaken and stirred upside down by the power of the Holy Ghost. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We put our trust in the living God. We put our trust in God for breakthrough, for supernatural acceleration. We break with the works of darkness today. We let go of the ropes and the objects and the potions and the things that were given to us so that we can receive the power of God in the name of Jesus. Shout Amen in Jesus' name. Take your seat, thank you. Pastor Don Phillips, an advocate, wrote him a letter last week because we speak on the phone all the time and our concerns are the same because we pray and God shows us that there's a spirit of witchcraft that wants to capture this nation and has captured many individuals already. And he was warned that if you talk against witchcraft again, you will be sued. A lot of people in this place this morning in Bloemfontein, you know, um, gee, I know so many things. I have conversations this week in Cape Town. I'm meeting... um, some very influential people to discuss the future of South Africa. And I don't say to to sound important or anything, but this is not a game for me. So pray for us. Um, We're not anti any government. We're anti-corruption. We're anti um, the status quo. We're anti empty promises. We're anti um, the deviation from uh, the Freedom Charter and the manifesto. We're anti a lot of policies that are discriminatory any way you look at it. I'm for redistribution, as the Bible says, empowerment, I've warned many white people 30 years ago, I said you better empower people. If you have a country, empower black people, raise them up in your businesses. Many haven't listened to me. Now the government will come with a heavy hand because people just live for the moment and hold on to what they have as long as they can. And then everybody's up in arms. So I talk to a multicultural audience. So if I say this, like the T-shirt that Kanye West wore, I know I offend some of you. On purpose, by the way. You think I don't know what I'm doing here? But look at this. There are very few churches in the whole of South Africa that look like this, where there are thousands of white and thousands of black people Young and old together. Very few. Go find them for me. I'm not talking about the window dressing with a few white people or window dressing with a few black people. We are the only move in South Africa, and I say it, not arrogant, I say it factually, that in every city have a church that's total, non-cultural, multicultural. And then of course, as leaders, we always will offend someone in the audience. Because you listen to what you want to hear. 
your selective little ear. You miss everything until I say something about, what the heck did he just say, Kanye West? How could he even mention Kanye West? Because he's saved, by the way. But how could he mention his T-shirt? Well, I don't know what was on the T-shirt, so what's your issue? So Don Phillips sends me a message this morning. He says, by the way, I like this T-shirt. If something still gets under your skin, the question obviously is why. If the pastor talks about worshiping the dead and you get mad, why? If the Bible is clear and it calls it necromancy. We're not talking about honoring our ancestors. By the way, I also have ancestor, ancestors. And I honor them. And I had a vision of my father in heaven. And I had a vision of my brother. Um, a vision that I saw. But I never spoke to them. But I saw them as clear as I see you in a glorified state. Because my father was concerned about, because although he gave his life to the Lord and I led him to the Lord, I wasn't sure. So, I mean, I was troubled for many, many, many months until God woke me up. I don't know why always, two o'clock in the morning. And he showed me a vision of my father in heaven. And that was just like, thank you, Father. I needed that. Just gave me that peace that he's there. Because it doesn't take works of righteousness. It takes surrender to Jesus Christ. And why can we not do that? Because it's too easy. We'd rather go to the Sangoma. Just think. Think. Because I spoke to somebody this last week. that um, Because I, speak, I talk to people all the time. And I say, why do you believe what you believe? Why do you do what you do? What do you believe about the government? I'm, I'm talking about from high-ranking people to everybody, whatever however you want to classify people. I listen to everybody to see what the sentiment is of people on the ground as well. And I said, but she said to me, oh, so many people have gone back and they're paying money to, I may not even possibly say Zangoma, whatever. And pay money, because some of you sitting here today are Zangomis as well. I know that, you're undercover. So, because um, you think it's going to give you power. It's like these prophets that sold their soul to get power. You're selling your soul to get power. And you'll pay a price one day. I warn you in Jesus' name. You'll pay a price. Because one day you breathe out your last breath. You see, Satan is not like God. There's, all, there's always a payback. You always have to pay something. There's always a blood sacrifice. There's always a, a curse of divorce on your bloodline. There's always something evil, mean, and nasty that you have to sacrifice to get that power that the devil offers you. And I said, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because she says, many people believe prayer doesn't work. I said, okay, prayer doesn't work. But people have gone to these places and paid money and paid money. And then you pay money. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. No, just act like you don't know what I'm talking about. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. You put the money, more money, until there's no money. He says, okay, come in. And then he says, next week you come back, you pay 2,000 rand. I give you muti or I give you something. You've done it for 10 years and nothing has changed. But you criticize prayer. Have you lost your mind? You're still exactly where you were. And you want to give up on prayer? And those practices never helped you. But now some of our modern day entertainers are making it fashionable. The influencers. Making certain things fashionable which will rob you of all God has for you.
That's why when Jesus starts, He says, Shrapain, what is that? It means turn away from life the way you know it. Turn away from sin. Turn away from evil practices. Turn away. When, when, when revival came in the book of Acts, people burned their books of magic. People burned their, 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 their works of witchcraft. People burned everything to see a move of God. You have to make up your mind, my sister, sister, sister in Johannesburg, my sister, my sister, you know who I'm talking to, my sister, you undercover, my sister, my sister. You say, you're talking to pastor, by the Spirit, my sister, listen, you undercover. It's not going to work. My grandfather was uh, atop of one of these secret societies in South Africa and where they make the same commitments. So I understand these, these things, they're real, there's power there. That's why many pastors sell out to evil powers to get power. They have real power, but it's, it's powers of darkness. And one of the things that he covenanted was um, that his bloodline, always the woman, they never curse the men. It's always the woman. That his bloodline will be cursed with miscarriage and with divorce. So as he made a certain vow at a certain level, six or seven, they have to make the same vow that people make in witchcraft. And then there has to be a sacrifice of blood, which starts very innocently. So people get lured into this very innocently. And as you get deeper into this, it's the occult. And it controls you. And it torments you. And it destroys you. And that same man that was so wealthy, sickness and disease started eating his body away. I have preached all over Africa. I have done crusades and I've seen witches come that have served the devil faithfully. And when they come to the crusades, they are all bent over with a spirit of infirmity, with arthritis. They are left blind because that's what the devil does. He's a thief. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Listen, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Oh, come on, somebody that loves Jesus there in Johannesburg in Bloomingdale. Give the Lord Jesus a praise this morning because He's worthy. Come on. Come on, praise Him for now and praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, please. No one moving. If you're standing, please just remain standing as you are in all our churches. You know, I said a lot of things this morning, but here's the most important thing. There is a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. And we can all hide. And this is what COVID did. It got us to hide. But the reality is your life is as a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. If today was the last day of your life, if you died, would you go to heaven? I heard somebody this week go see a relative and when the person prayed, the sinner's prayer, the person refused. The person is busy dying, refused to accept Jesus Christ in the final moment. Knowing that that person was going to go. Just refused. Don't be like that this morning. God loves you. He died for you 2,000 years ago. He's the only one that wants nothing but your surrender 
so you can receive everything He gave you. You're sitting here this morning and you've crossed over back to the other side. You're sitting here today or you've departed from your father's house there in Bloemfontein, in Johannesburg. And you say, Pastor, I want to get right with God. I want to get back with God. I need to get right with God today. Well, maybe today is the last chance for your life to get right with God. I don't know. But life is fragile. It's a vapour. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. There's not a second chance. There's not a purgatory. The Bible says it's appointed for men once to die, then the judgment. Die Afrikaans sê, ons het allemaal gesondig. Dit ontbreek ons van die heerlijkheid van God. Die Bible sê die loon van sonde is die dood, maar die genade gave van God is die eeuwige lewe die Jesus Christus. You're standing here today, you say, I need peace with Jesus. I need peace. I want to give my life back to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to surrender all to Him. It doesn't matter maybe what you've done. It matters what you do with this moment. While every head is bowed, every eye closed, God knocking at your heart this morning. I'm not judging you if you've gone back into practicing other things, but repent today. Turn away from those things today. Turn back to God. Turn back to God. Turn back to God. You turn back to God. You make up your mind today to turn back to God and to give God everything. He's waiting for you. He's loving. He's merciful. You come this morning and you surrender your life to Jesus. While every head is bowed, people praying in all our churches, you say, Pastor, that's me this morning. I want a new start with God. I want to come back to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If that is the cry of your heart, quietly, wherever you are, just slip your hand up, please, quickly. Lift your hand up high all over this place so I can pray with you. Just slip it up. Up, 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 up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you up there. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Slip it up. Say yes. Include me in that prayer. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Many hands everywhere. There's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. Jesus is knocking at your heart. Come on there in Bloemfontein. And I I feel my spirit. Some pastors, you've you've gone back. You've crossed back into a bad place. Listen to me this morning. You need to repent. I know exactly who you are. God showed me now by the Spirit in Bloemfontein. You've gone back into uh, evil practices. You better get out of it very quickly. Out of it. When I see you, I'm going to know whether you've repented. In Jesus' name, all over this place. You say this morning, Pastor, I'm ready to receive Jesus. Lift your hand quickly all over this place. You have not yet. God bless you. God bless you. What a great privilege to pray with all of you. It's an honor. The many people there in Bloomingdale as well. And in Johannesburg, stretch your hands out to all these people. Listen, I'm not against anybody. But the truth shall set you free. Nothing else. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Get back both your feet into the kingdom of God. Listen carefully. I'm not touching your culture when I touch certain things. It's demonic. So you have to make up your mind and break with every practice of darkness. Amen. Don't look at me in that tone of voice now. Trying to help you. Some of your your lives are falling apart and Jesus came to deliver you and to save you. And then you run to Jesus, but then you run with your friends somewhere else. What's wrong, girl? What the heck is wrong with you? 
I know you're desperate, but that's not the way to go about it. Because some singer is a sangoma, you think it's fashionable. Do you understand what, what is attached to that? Do you understand that you sell your soul? Huh? I mean, I never led my grandfather to the law. My mother won't like me to say this, but there's no way in heaven, in heaven that he's in heaven. He died as a, I don't want to say as a what. It's not games, these men. It's not games. People who die without Jesus don't have a second chance. So excuse me for being a bit passionate and forthright about the things that matter, not your goosebump feeling. There's enough other preachers that can give you your goosebumps. Reach your hands out to the people, please. Pray this with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent this morning. I give my life back to you. Thank you for loving me just as I am. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you are alive. In Jesus' name, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for a future. Thank you for a hope. Thank you that the power of darkness is broken off of my life. I am now your child in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.